Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. That makes the knights of golden days go forth so valiantly. With cunning wit and matchless skill they face their enemies. Their limbs go flying everywhere, oh look there goes a head. He won't be getting up from that, he'll likely be quite dead. The knights, the knights of olden days, with magic swords their foes thus slay. Why aren't still? We could not say they must just like the olden days. Their limbs go flying everywhere, oh look there goes a head. He won't be getting up from that, he'll likely be quite dead. This is episode 264 of the Sausage Factory. In this episode, I talk to return guest Will Sykes from Will Sykes Games about their medieval combat game, Endless Night. Chris, from the past, please, take it away. Will! Hello. Who are you, again? What do you do? <laughs> so, hi. Um, so, I'm, I'm Will Sykes. Yeah. Um, I, I have an, a sort of indie label, Will Sykes Games, um, I've made, uh, what is it, a number of games now. <laughs> um, I started about five years ago. Uh, I made a, made an Android game, Perfect Moon, and then I, I followed that up with a, a more proper PlayStation and, and PC game called Perfect Universe. Um, and we talked about that game before. We did. Uh, and I also, also um, kind of around the time I launched Perfect Universe, I did a, a few VR games. Um, I did a, a VR version of Perfect Moon, which worked out incredibly well for me in the end, and um, and a sort of VR version of Pilot Wings, uh, which I called uh, Perfect Wings. Um, it was quite far from perfect. It was quite a quick sort of like uh, try and make Pilot Wings in three months, and I made it uh, essentially just after my daughter had been born. I was sort of on night duty, so I slept all day. And, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, worked on, uh, stayed up all night doing the feeds and changing and stuff, and just worked on this during the night. And um, I got it done those those first three months of nights. And um, yeah, that worked out as well. Um, and yes, and now recently, or well, it's actually been over a year. That I've been working on it. I've been doing um, endless night. I I guess I, I also do contracting um, and um, work for the man here and there to pay the bills. Yeah, um, yeah. And to be honest, you know, indie indie development often doesn't pay all the bills, at least. Well, no. or many of them at all. In fact, <laughs> it's all about the love. But um, so yeah, uh, that's that's roughly me. Yeah, no, um, yeah. Perfect Universe had you on back in episode ninety-five. Everyone, regular listeners, of which there are I don't know, two of you. No, that's not fair. Uh, back in May twenty sixteen. Yeah. Good time. Fun times. Uh, remember those times? That's all we do. Oh, those oh, times when my daughter was just born and yeah. I had a newborn baby. <laughs> now running around the house, walking Best in, in, in mid-interview time. and stuff. It's great. Cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, and uh, it, it's great to have you back on. And uh, uh, VR is still, still rocking around. I mean, PSVR, that's done great guns. I've actually got a, an Oculus quest which is fun definitely i mean i mean yeah vr is very much knocking around i did get i did an upgrade for um 
Oculus Go when that came out because I kind of thought it was worth doing for Perfect Moon VR. But um, the thing about VR that put me off um, is that I'm a very conventional gamer. So I like games where you have a joystick um, or, or a control pad or, you know, where you press buttons to move stuff around. So, right. you know, I like remote control cars. I like that that type of control. And, and VR initially looked like it would be quite welcoming to that kind of game. But then when people, when users started to get into VR, it, it seemed to be the sort of the more hardcore thing to demand that it was all about just being immersed and having this experience with your whole body. And so any game that wasn't about sort of being a first person person in a game, moving your hands around with steam controllers or whatever, started getting panned. Um, and this was after my little, my, my few games I put out, this started happening, but I saw it happening and just kind of thought, God, I can't, I can't do a game in this world anymore because people will just not like it. Um, they're, uh, they're too attached to the idea that VR needs to be a sort of holodeck. Um, and I, I sort of have a hope that at some point it will have matured enough that yes, there are all these first person experiences in VR, but maybe there are also uh, conventional games in VR as well, because the games that I made essentially are, so Perfect Moon VR is just Perfect Moon, but only you're watching it from a full VR viewpoint so you can look around and it's like controlling a little tiny remote control man, if you can imagine that running yeah, around. Yeah. And um, I just, I find that there's a real joy to that and it's a very different thing than a big story experience. And you know, those big story experiences, they're, they're great and they're valid. It's just not the, the kind of the thing that, that pushes my buttons when it comes to developing. So that's why I stepped out of it for now. Um, when they bring out a sort of standardized game controller and, a, and accept that maybe you want to do game controllers in VR, I might get back into it. I guess some um, Morpheus, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, PlayStation VR sort of embraces the controller a bit. Um, yeah, you've it's, got it's, um, games like Moss and Astro Bot Rescue. That was great. Um, um, but as an as an indie already, sort of already being fringed, the, the idea of, of sort of releasing um, without a great deal of fanfare on a on yeah. one device, which is already sort of only you know one percent of users use or something, it frightens me a bit. Um, yeah, but there's I think news today they sold five million of them apparently. Okay. Like that. So it's 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 a uh, they're not they're, it's not another Vita. Uh, um, they're, they're still supporting it. Not failed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it'll continue to grow, I think. VR, VR hasn't, it's not, it's not going to go away. No. Um, I just think that maybe it's going to be 10 years before it matures to a point where, where you can be free to make the type of product that you want to in VR rather than sort of having to toe the line or spend a lot of time just avoiding nausea problems and that <laughs> kind of thing. I, I, yeah, I, I'm one of those people who don't suffer from that. Um, like I, I played the Wipeout game on PSVR and I just switch everything off and fine. I'm now I'm in a minority. I suggest but... that you try the helicopter simulator in Perfect Wings in first person mode because Perfect Perfect Wings does allow you to play in the remote control way, which nice. is fun in my opinion. Okay. But um, but yeah, if you're inside the helicopter where you it, where you can rotate laterally, right. Um, it really does mess with you. And so I sort of worked and I was working at Sony at the very early days of PSVR. Right. Um, and we did, so I sort of, this, this early prototype basically stuck a, a, 
a DS4 controller on top of a sort of head-mounted display device in order to get some orientation tracking. And I made this flight sim. So this is kind of flight sim was the first thing I ever did in VR. And this was, I guess this was before there was, before any VR was released. So, mm. um, it was a sort of interesting experiment. And, um, yeah, initially I was like, this is fine. But then kind of after five minutes, you get used to it. You, something really bad does happen. And then when you take the thing off afterwards, you end up with kind of a weird, you've just been broken. There's something damaged about you. Right, <laughs> one guy yeah. spending an hour playing it and just being like, it's the best thing ever, Will, and I'm completely immune to all this motion nonsense. And then yeah. you spend the rest of the day just like, oh, no, I'm, 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 <laughs> I have problems with normal life now. <laughs> um, yeah, I but, was um, playing some PSVR games last weekend, actually. Um, and the last one I played, memorably, um, was Audica, which is a new harmonics game. Which okay. uses two guns that you. It's basically a like, rhythm action game with you using the two move controllers and you're sort of shooting things and targets and in in uh, sympathy to the music and typically the melody, but sometimes on the beat as well. Um, sounds nice. It's really good. Yeah, really I, I, good. I guess I've, I've I haven't been playing. You know, in fairness, I haven't been playing VR stuff for a while, so it could have no. could have moved on a bit. But I, yeah. I'm just giving myself a little break and I'll. Yeah. Or jump back in again. It's it's also about the having the having all the stuff set up, isn't it? You know, well, four different VR kits, and they're all enormous. <laughs> yeah. Well, the quest is lovely because you just put it on the head. I don't so, have one of those. I don't. Yeah. I do want one of them. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. the one that's going to be really good is going to be the one I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely because you're just like, oh, is it charged? Yeah. All right. Put it in your head. Off you go. That's it. Yes. It's just no wires. Nothing. It's just. So, uh, but my biggest area in my room is, uh, got quite a living room. So that's in my kitchen. Don't ask. Uh, I have a vast kitchen. <laughs> so, so you, you play VR in your kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. That is surprising. Yeah. The, you don't have space. things cooking on a like gas stove while you're doing Provided that. Provided I'm not cooking at the time. No, that would be yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so as your return guest, Will, we won't be going over your, your history and things. Like I said, uh, if you want to know that about uh, how did Will make his start and all his biggest influences are and who he admires in the industry and that kind of stuff, then you can go back to May 2016, happy times. <laughs> <laughs> so do that, episode 95, check that one out. But a topical question, which we always ask our guests, which is, what are you playing right now? Right. Well, I suppose the, the most honest answer, the, the last game that I played was Titanfall 2. And that's just because I got it on the last, the last PlayStation, um, you know, yeah, store. Yeah, it's free, wasn't it? Thing. I already had it on the Xbox, so I didn't bother, but yeah. Um, I hadn't played it before. And God, it's oh, good. It's, it's, it's actually older. good, that, isn't it? It's quite it's, weird. I, yeah. I did not expect, I, did, I was sort of expecting something quite arbitrary, but when you get into this time, time warping stuff, it's, that's kind of cool. And there's, there's really some clever stuff there. Um, but actually, yeah, so maybe, maybe that's not the one to talk about though, because I've only, only happened to have been playing that. Um, okay. I guess because of, <laughs> because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, the, um, oh, gosh, what else have I been playing? I mean, so uh, we were discussing this before, um, but I, I, I have been playing quite a bit of Slay the Spire. Yes. Um, and Slay the, Slay the Spire has, has released a extra character, um, which I haven't yet tried. Um, but yes, Slay the Spire, just excellent game. And it's kind of rekindled a sort of spark of interest in all that, that kind of card games and Magic the Gathering and role-playing things. Um 
it's almost it's almost started to make me want to do a, a one of those types of game next. Um, the difficulty is if if I do is working out what what I could do that would be novel and interesting because uh, you know I'm obviously not a fan of just doing something that already exists. That's sort of silly. Um, so I think yeah that's yeah on the on the lowdown that's my secret thinking is you know if I can come up with a really interesting one of those types of game possibly a card game that probably will I'll do next. Um, but yeah, so the strategy stuff that's that's what I've been doing. I've been told that now from ignorance on this maybe it's not ignorance but. This is pointed out to me quite bluntly, and I didn't really appreciate it, is that the fact that cards are a very pure form of programming. Because they are, you know, switches. If, you know, basically, one and the other one does something else, and if that, if that thing on the card is different to the other thing on the card, then off it goes. And something happens. And it's quite. Is it is it a right sort of model, or am I just being? I suppose that's completely true. I mean, if you if you, it's not. Yeah, the the cards are, in essence, like you could be considered a sort of software. And the yeah. programming, though, the programming, I guess, would be making up the rules for a card game. Mm. And then once a person understands the rules, that's then the the sort of the program running in the person. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the person then effectively implements the game. By picking up the cards, which I suppose are a bit like content or, or memory yeah. um, of, of the game, you know. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty true. I mean, I think that creating a good game is a good game, whether it's in code or whether it's cards or a board game. They're all very much games. They're you know, they're the there's something at the core which is the same about them. Um, I mean, maybe a slight digression of a, a thought of this brings to me is something that has been maybe slightly frustrating to me um, in the last, well, possibly the last 10 years, but it's been getting more severe, which is that computer games, you've got, to me, there's a sort of sliding scale in computer games where it goes between pure game and at the other end of the scale, you've got something like a film, I guess, just a film, which is pure story. Um, and then in between that, you know, you've got so things like the, um, oh, what was that Netflix uh, game film recently oh, that Charlie Brooker did, Bandersnatch. Yeah. So things like Bandersnatch are sort of they're almost just a film. Like there's, there's this little aspect of game in there, but really the way that you enjoy the content. I did like Bandersnatch very much, but you, you kind of enjoy it sort of just as a as a story, right? You don't enjoy... It's not gamified. You don't enjoy trying to win it, as it were. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, the two things, the two ends of that spectrum are completely valid. There's the story end, brilliant, I love a good story. There's the game end, brilliant, I love a good game. And yeah, in the middle, there are very excellent sort of balance points where someone's kind of gone a bit on the story and a bit on the game and balanced and merged the two things wonderfully. But it seems that it's, we're getting to a point where all games are expected to kind of be closer to that midpoint. And if you make a game that's particularly pure and doesn't have a lot of sort of story content or, or you know, characters in it, then people, people no longer look upon that as a, as a proper game. People expect it to be slightly story. And it, it's kind of a shame because a lot of the games that I like playing are often very pure. Um, I suppose, for example, a game like Robotron, 
is is not really there's almost no story or or any content there it's almost just abstract you you move this thing around you point bullets at other things and you go and you rescue the other dot <laughs> yeah um and and there's not like a story progression around that keeps what keeps you playing is just wanting to get a high score and um just trying to beat beat the machine and there's a lot of strength to that kind of thing i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the other type of game which is you know walking simulator types or whatnot but um it's just a shame because i think there's not so much room for things like robotron anymore um certainly not on on consoles and on pc anyway maybe maybe there is a bit of room for that in the phone space but i found the um the phone game space is problematic to me mainly because the touchscreen interface just for me it doesn't provide the type of controls for the type of game that i want to do and i'm not really a fan of virtual joypads and things mm. yeah um, i um with mean, apple arcade when that released and started um i uh i just put it on my apple tv and had a, i've got a controller for it and it's just way better because it's, uh, it's like you know that's how i play my apple arcade games they're all on my apple tv with a controller i don't yeah what's it like the apple arcade stuff amazing no, whoever curated it needs a medal um, so is this is because I know I heard a bit about this. I think one of the companies I worked at was involved in making some content for it, but right. that was I think before it was out. Right. And so is it bespoke content or is it existing content that have moved kind of? It's as if the games that maybe you and I have encountered over the years recently that were at the beta stage or just alpha stage, which were, Apple just came along and hoovered them up and said. Now you're going to put them in this system and we'll give you lots of money for the cool. subscription. So basically, for example, what the golf is on Apple Arcade, which is quite a celebrated okay. title. Um, uh, Inmost, that's one. It's really, really good platform. Very dark, very, very pretty. Um, so they're exclusive license, basically, for a period of time. Is yeah. That, or, in, or forever are they exclusive I'm license? I'm not sure, something. actually, but uh, I think it's an extraordinary... Value, high uh, value proposition for me to mm. pay five pound a month to access to these amazing games. Yeah, uh, if they're actually good, then are, that would be good. They are genuinely very, very, very good for the most part. Um, and like I said, that's how it had to work. Because if it was mm. just dross, then no one would go. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Apple yeah. had to go out and say, okay, you've got to find some really good games and convince developers. Uh, with the money, you know, a, a deal proposition to say that if you're on this platform for X amount of time, and some of the games are actually available on other platforms as well, um, but for the most part, they actually are sitting there for the moment. So uh, I might um, have to check that out. To be honest, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't looked at all because I don't, I don't have an iPhone at the moment. Um, no, but most people don't know about the Apple TV aspect of it. Mm. Which means that your Apple, my already, I had an Apple TV for some time, and then I sort of grabbed, and then when this to come on, I was like, oh, I know, I can. Is that that's the, is that the Apple TV two though that it has to be? No, because I had an original. Like, so yeah, I've got, I've got, an, I have got an original one, but it's buried and replaced by a, a Roku or something now. Exactly, it, yeah. But um, I, um, I have a Nimbus controller, Steel Series Nimbus controller, which works with Apple Mac 
computers and, and iPads and things. And I just paired it up with the Apple TV. And it turns the Apple TV into a video game console. Okay, <laughs> it's, cool. So yeah. Just, that, yeah, that, that definitely makes things better, yeah. And I streamed games with it. So um, it's it's I've actually, you know, sat the, you know, because the hardware cam thing and the streaming and sat there with the... With the, with the, like, I'm playing this game on, on this little tiny box the size of my hand. And it's lovely. it's lovely. I had hoped to do that a bit with, I got one of those Google, 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 oh, what's it called? Thing you plug in your TV, Google. It's um, like a, it's basically Android phone talks to TV and you can mirror oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Chromecast? That's it, sorry, yeah, Chromecast. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of got that thinking, oh, maybe I can play, you know, because I've got a controller, obviously, yeah. that I can connect to my phone. I thought, well, I'll give that a go, but no, the, the latency on it just yeah. doesn't really work. I mean, it does, it, it works in quotes, it's just yeah. not up to par. Yeah, I did try to do the silly thing of having my play the games on my Apple Mac laptop and then stream it to a large television screen. But the uh, streaming, the act of streaming, my laptop went, no! <laughs> no! Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, can't do it. Can't do it. Right. Well, no, no, good shout on Slater Spire. And um, mm. have fun with uh, Titanfall 2. And for me, that's like anyone cares, but I, uh, my Christmas game of this year, because I always have a game I play over Christmas, because, you know, you've got time. Uh, Outer Wilds. That was a game. Okay, okay. I don't know it at all. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. That's a game you walk away from questioning in reality itself. And I'm not being patronising or facetious or... or Does this mean it's one of these story games? It, <laughs> it is a story game. It's an adventure game. It's a pure, pure adventure game which makes you question reality itself and, uh, and the nature of it as okay. well because it does have quantum physics. Ooh, oh, that sounds sexy. I'm yeah, there's a there's a moon. Unless it's not a spoiler, everyone knows about it. It's really it's quite. You, it's a moon that you only. It's only there when you're looking at it. Is it? You look okay. away, it winks out and goes somewhere else. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's just brilliant. And, like, yeah, and, you, yeah. and you have a little spaceship. Where you're flying around the, sp- the solar system, and you have to land on it eventually. But it's just figuring out how you do that. <laughs> Sounds very cool. Okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. It's brilliant. It just really sort of just goes into your head and stays there. It's still in my head. I finished it. I'm done. I'm not going back. Unfortunately, there's no new game plus at the moment of it. Unless you could speed run it. But other than that, I'm just like, no, I'm done. Amazing, amazing enough to keep you thinking about it though, which yeah. is always a good it's sign. Yeah. I mean, finished it like more than a month ago now. Like, it's still, it's just wonderful. It's just such a beautifully crafted experience that I will never forget for the rest of my life. So, yeah. <laughs> Next in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's the end of the first half, everyone. Let's move on to the second half, where we talk about Endless Night.
So, well, what is Endless Night? So, right, Endless Night. It's a, a fighting game, but it's very different than a conventional fighting game. Um, so going back quite a long time, I had this, this sort of idea that I discussed with some friends of mine. And the idea was the fighting games don't seem to be so much about reaction. They're often, certainly these days, they're about learning the special moves, learning all the combos. And then really what you do is you mostly attack. You just attack, 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 and you hope that you've done better attacks than your opponent. And yeah, obviously there is an aspect of blocking in there, an aspect of control, and maybe an aspect of anticipating the opponent's attacks. But what most of them seem to miss is the core thing that happens in, I mean, in real uh, combat. <laughs> I guess I did martial arts for a, for a, quite a long time when I was younger. And a lot of the time you're able to block quite a lot of things. It's not, it's not so difficult because you, you know, a punch coming at your face is surprising that you, you just normally get something in the way of it. You have to kind of be distracted to get hit by stuff. And I kind of felt that it was a shame that fighting games were always, you're just getting hit the whole time, you know. Um, there's no elegant sort of blocking, block, block attack, block attack, block attack, you know, like in the, the old, um, the old Kung Fu films where, you know, the Jackie Chan type films where it's like there's a, there's constant blocking and then once every 30 seconds someone just gets a tiny hit in the face and goes, ouch, and everyone stops for a minute and they carry on with their fast combat, their fuck pipe punching and whatnot. Um, so I figured it wouldn't be nice if you could do that. And I decided that really what that needed was for there to be a finite number of very recognizable attacks and then a specific and finite number of, of blocks that went with those attacks. Um, so I prototyped it, um, and uh, it was just it was just immediately quite fun. So this was with very different sort of graphics and quite a long time ago that did this. Um, but the idea then stayed as a prototype for a while, and um, then I got talking to to different people I had different ideas on how to potentially turn this into a, a proper game. <laughs> One of the ideas was having like famous people um, be be baddies, and it was like you know I don't know, say prime ministers or whatever, and have them punching each other, so you'd be able to punch up or Donald Trump or whatever that kind of thing, stuff that I kind of figured would be popular at the time. <laughs> um, it was all very silly. And then within that silliness, um, knights came up as being like a pretty good one for people being cut into bits. And immediately there was the sort of Python comparison to the Black Knight scene. Um, yeah, I still remember seeing that as a child. And what well, child? It was about a teenager, I think yeah. it was, yeah. And uh, we had to stop the video because I was laughing so hard. Because it was just <laughs> the fact that he yells at him, come back here. I'll bite your legs off. I still remember to this day being almost, you know, corpsed by, by just like in, in just, just agony, <laughs> laughing. It's funny every time. It's it still is. funny. It's I, still... I, I sort of every now and then I watch it again because it's in a review or something and someone's linked to it. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yes, it's still funny. <laughs> yeah, it's still funny. It's <laughs> um, just John absurd. Cleese is just an absolute genius somehow. Yeah, like, I'm the Black Knight. You're a loony. It's just. It's a... <laughs> Because even even before that even starts, just the way in which she says "none shall pass." Yeah, it's particularly absurd. It is. Uh, but it does feed into what you've made here because you you rabbit it, didn't you? 
Yeah, so so then obviously after having the Python thing, then they came, right, we've got to have all the limbs cut off, got to be able to keep fighting. Um, I kind of realized that it's just a few extra animations and you can kind of make the game work without without a leg or with no legs or or with an arm off. Um and uh yeah it just just i just kind of did it and it just it, the all based on this core principle the new bit of game was this very specific type of attack equals specific type of block and uh, i think it just evolved out there and i personally find it really really fun um but there is kind of a thing that you have to you definitely have to learn how to do it because initially you just you kind of don't recognize these specific attacks and although there are only four of them it takes you know five to ten minutes before you can even do it at all, and I think that's maybe a bit of a downfall for the game because new players coming at it going, oh, I just want to cut some legs off, will button bash and go, yeah, go on, cut, cut. Oh damn, I've died. Oh damn, I've died. You know. Um, but it is ultim- ultimately, it's also the thing that makes it good in the long in the long run. And I, I added this game mode into it, Final Fifty, which is uh, essentially this is just fifty knights that keep spawning. Um, each time you kill one and you have to kill all 50 without dying and if you do get an arm cut off during that process you just have to carry on doing it with the arm missing um, and this is this is also this game mode only available in the top sort of speed setting so because it's a reaction game about knowing which block to do uh, the obviously it's much easier to do at slower speeds and as you turn the speeds up it gets more and more difficult and more and more concentration is required anyway when, when I'd done this game mode I initially had it set to 10 or something and was sort of able to do that and it's like this is fun this is good this is great but it needs to be it's the final challenge it needs to be a really big number and considered doing 100 and just thought no one would ever do 100 you'd be there all day it'd be horrible um and ended up at the number 50. Um, I've got a friend of mine that sort of we talked to about these design decisions and played it a bit. And um, set it at 50. And I'm like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And I told my friend, you know, here's a build. You try and see if you can do it. Spent a day, didn't do it. <laughs> Both of us got frantically addicted to this game mode, just trying to do it all day. And um, what actually, this is a sort of interesting secret, is that I never managed to do it. Um and neither did my friend, and we I basically put a cheat in to make sure that it was doable, um, that it, the, the logic worked if you actually uh, completed it. I just keep getting down to like four, you know, five left or one left, and then, <laughs> and then dying. Right. But so the logic, the logic definitely worked, and I tested, and I released it, and we wrote in the sort of write up for the, uh, about the mode that it's probably not impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and quite wonderfully, only a couple of days after release, this guy. This guy sort of got sucked in by that mode, like it was like a troll, and had just sort of immediately, from straight off the bat, buying the game, played played for something like eight hours or something, or it was between four and eight hours, I can't remember. Um, and was and in this review that he'd written up, it insisted like that most of that time was just playing this final fifty mode, just back to back, just nope, died, nope, died, do it again. <laughs> but he finished it, um, and he posted a a picture of the you know the completion screen on top of that. And, uh, you know, I checked the achievements thing and Steam, and sure enough, just one guy managed to do it. Um, so that was awesome. That that was like a, that was a yay moment for me when it happened, because I was like, well, someone actually also likes the game. <laughs> so much so that they've actually beaten it, and I never actually did, which is, um, you know, I guess an embarrassing admission, but it's, it's always best to be honest with these things. I kind of, 
I kind of feel that now someone's managed to do that, I might put an even harder mode in where the, the speed is turned up. Um, I've got some some upgrades planned for the game to release some extra bits for it, but hmm. well, um, we'll see how it goes with those. I'm not. Uh, some of them are, are standard things like you've got to have a lightsaber mode and you know that kind of stuff. But maybe maybe some maybe messing with the speed a bit might be something else I'll do. Um, well, actually, no, no, go on, let's jump into it. So the other idea is. Um, Something that doesn't seem to happen in games is that if you just globally turn up the speed for a game with ragdolls and people walking around in it, what it looks like immediately is sort of... And you just imagine Benny Hill just chasing someone around. Or is that those old sort of like turn of the century, well, 1900s, early 1900s films? Where the, 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 well, yes, the footage was, was 14 frames a second, but it's now played back at 30 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, so everyone's running around a little bit too fast. Yeah, um, but it, so, so it just, but it immediately looks like Benny Hill when you do that kind of right, thing. So yeah. I'm thinking basically just having an, a global modifier to the speed, because the, the speed modifiers that are in the game for the different difficulty modes are sort of clever. They don't really affect the walking animation. It just affects kind of part of the, the time, the, the time delay for the hits. Yes, yes. Um, but the um, so this, the idea here is just a global speed modifier that multiplies everything up, so everything looks ridiculous. And um, having prototypes, having a look at what the ragdolls look like dying in in, um, in 1.5 times speed, or what it was just really funny. So I think I'm, I'm definitely going to do something with that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, other bits, whatever, whatever cool ideas come up, really, and might as well support this for a bit. Um, yeah. So here's what my first question. Then I think we've got an idea of. It's a one-on-one combat game uh, that isn't Soul Calibur. In fact, it's the antithesis of Soul Calibur. Well, is there anything wrong with Soul Calibur? <laughs> oh, no, I love Soul Calibur. I, I actually I love all fighting games. I, I play all of them to death, and I right. certainly Soul Calibur. Yeah. Um, but when I was younger, I played a lot of Barbarian. Oh. And um, chopping, I'm guessing... Getting a you, chop, you, head chop was like... Yeah. Like, so I mean, obviously, that's kind of where some of this has come from. It's very, it's very barbarian esque, yeah. and barbarian also had the different attacks with different blocks. But oddly, barbarian was quite broken because you had this roll move, yeah. And so the game ended up being roll you into the corner, and then roll them into the corner, and then and then someone eventually jump over someone, and then and eventually after ten minutes of this or something, someone would just randomly try a headshot. The other person would be concentrating, they just die. And yeah. Just, oh, well, there we go. That's it. Um, so the original Barbarian game kind of didn't quite work, but I, um, it was also extremely difficult to correctly block the the moves in Barbarian because they weren't telegraphed so much. So yeah. there was there was quite a lot of work early on in this prototype on making the attack moves, and this is kind of a downside because when you look at footage of the game running, you're like, God, he does a very peculiar attack there, doesn't he? Why is he so awkward? But it's it's kind of an intentional thing. Like when he's going to do a high attack, I've got a a very strong pose of him sort of lifting the sword upwards and going, so you're like, oh, that must be the high one there, you know. Um, And it makes the game work. It it does make it uh, unfluid, I suppose. Yeah. um, But um, the higher speeds, it's I I think it looks kind of like knights fighting with very, very heavy swords. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially um, if they had very heavy armour. Oh, God, yeah. Um... (laughs) We'll come to that in a minute, but I was going to ask you about the bouts when you're having fights. I did notice one thing that struck me is like, and it makes sense why this is the case, but 
when you're having your eight bout and you're, middle, you're, you're going through your X amount of nights to get mm-hmm. around to your next, you know, in the single player campaign, I'm referencing it. Why do you not heal up between them? Why is it not reset? I don't well, why. Well, okay. you, you talk me through this. Well, why? Yeah. So I, I kind of initially, when constructing the single player thing, there was the idea that it could be rounds like, like in, you know, like in Street Fighter, where it's like first to three or best of three kind of thing. Um, and I kind of figured, because you don't have energy bars or anything, that would just be too quick. Um, you kind of, you want it to, you want it to be a challenge to get through each stage. Um, and I, I also just kind of think there's something fun about being forced to fight with your, with your, you know, with your limbs cut off or whatever. It kind of adds some interest. Otherwise, essentially, you lose an arm and then you just go, Oh, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll just restart and I'll, I'll do it without losing on <laughs> yeah. it. does, it does, to be fair, it does let you heal when you get to the next round. Um, and yes, obviously it it's quite absurd because you're there like with your legs cut off and then yeah. suddenly it's like, oh, I'm all better. Yeah. You're all better now. Yeah. Well, it's a straight, it is set in a strange magical kingdom. So it's fine. You know, it, um, fine. yeah, that's right. So it's kind of in the tutorial where you fight the first guy and it's like, if you could just attack me and you cut his head off and, he, and he's like, now I'll just magically just get better. Yeah. And I'll show you how to do something else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, I, I'd learned a great deal about, and this is, Donna tutorials, that, this has struck me, and you've already talked about this, but I want to, well, maybe sort of go over it again a little bit more, is that, um, the key technique to Endless Night, in my view, and you've already explained this, but I want everyone to understand, is that this is about reacting to something inflicting pain upon you, and in an appropriate manner. <laughs> and, yeah. I just want to think, is that what, was the, the kernel of the idea was to actually have it so the player had to react to what is going on on the screen. It sounds really obvious, like, well, that's a video game. Well, not necessarily. And you already hinted and explained about yeah, your idea. Absolutely. That it's absolutely like, that. It's, uh, they wanted it to be as much of a game as it can be by having it that you're very specifically reacting to something else rather than just lucking out or having pre-learned some skill. Um, it's very much a sort of a skill unto itself doing that game. And maybe it's kind of in a super hexagon vein uh, where you've sort of just got this, like, all you've got to do is go through the holes. How difficult can that be? But the first time you try it, you're like, what the hell? This is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And then quite quickly, you're like, oh no, I see. But the, the thing about super hexagon is that it's kind of, you learn the patterns. So there's a, that's how it becomes doable. Um, that and the whereas, stonking tube. Don't forget that. Yeah, yeah. I see <laughs> It's great. Yeah. Um, very simple, but there's a lot to it. And uh, yes. with this, it's kind of you haven't. It's not learnable because the you know the AI will attack you in different ways. And equally, if you're playing against an, a human opponent, you can easily put people off just by sort of walking awkwardly or talking to them and just kind of saying, "I'm going to attack you," and people suddenly do stuff, and then you panic them by attacking and go ah and do the wrong thing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, it is. It's very much about that reacting. I, I kind of think other fighting games, you sort of, there's a, there's a layer between what you're watching on the screen and what you're actually doing with the buttons, because I'm, I'm not the greatest of fighting game players, but I, I try to sort of engage with them a bit. Things like Soul Calibur, you often find that you, you're just attacking sort of constantly, possibly automatically doing the combos that you know and things. And it's not necessarily related to what's happening on the screen. You're just kind of going, 
attack. I want this to happen. I want the person to die. <laughs> um, Sidestepping helps as well, which is like, what do you do? It's GD. It's 3D. And sidestep, <laughs> guy. But I remember when I first did that, and there's some Soul Blade as well. It was like, yep. what do you do? Because up until then, it was just 2D face on. You can't, there's no 3D, there's yeah. no like depth of, but no, that's what Soul Blade well, so is, you know. Same, same with, with Tekken. Where you, you go, right, I've looked at all the combos and the, there is these ones that are mostly low attack combos. Yeah. Yeah. And most people just like, yeah, it's all, they just block because the AI don't specifically attack those. So they're just the high block. And you're just like, yep, I'm just going to only attack you with the low attack ones. And it's quite a trolly thing to do with online people that you just, you just go, I'm just doing the low attack combo repeatedly and you win quite a lot of the time. It really annoys people because they're like, you're cheating the game or whatever. It's like, no, that's, Unfortunately, that's, that is what this game is. It's like, is it a high attack or is it a low attack? But with Tekken, you can't see it in time. You have to either anticipate or know the combo. So if you, if you don't recognize the combo, you don't know. But if you've played the game, the, it's like the, the tell is the beginning of the combo where the first move kind of you recognizing it. Ah, oh, he's going to be doing the low, 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 high, low one or whatever. So you know yeah. exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, but you, you have to be really quite an advanced player before you start seeing that. Most people will just have a jolly good time just smashing the buttons and watching the characters randomly attack each other on screen and just be like, yeah, that was cool. And that's fine. Um, but I kind of wanted to make something where it was, it was very much, um, within your control. It's not, it's not random. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's for me. It's like, and this is my well, next question to you. Believe that these, these, Directional blocks that you put in to Endless Night mm-hmm. feels like like a perfect model of rock paper scissors. <laughs> yeah, so there was originally only three as well. Um, right there you go. And uh, yeah, I guess it is the sort of like the the rock paper scissors classic thinking where you I guess in fighting games you often got attack um, beats throw throw beats block and yeah. block beats uh, attack and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it's it's sort of an accent, but really it's just that you need three before something becomes a game. Because like two is so binary, but three is is many, if you know what right, I mean. Right, right. Um, and the the I think if there had been four and they'd all been lethal, so if kick had been a proper lethal attack, Which I think be, it would have been but... too many. But it, yeah, it can be. But it's sort of that's kind of the fun thing is that kick sort of like, well, why would you do that? That's so you you end up not learning how to block kick so well. But yes. then, obviously, when it does happen, you're like, oh, he kicked me into spikes or off the ah, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And um, it's yeah, that I kind of I kind of think it works nicely there because it because it's less lethal. You kind of half expect it less. Mm. Um, and it's also a great point where you're hammering away at each other and you're blocking and blocking. It's nothing's happening. And then finally, someone gets a kick in, and you you push apart and like okay. Yeah, and then you get the long attacks coming you get in. Get the long and, attacks coming in. Yeah. Um, often both of you long attacking at the same time. And yeah. Think, oh, I see your one killed me. Damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you did it first. Yeah. Uh, the amount of times I've gone in, started an attack, and then quickly switched to a block because I can't commit. And it's lovely. It's just, it really is the sense of reward and achievement you get from playing in this night is is quite it's up there. I don't know how you did it. When, when you get the flow going, yeah. it's really I mean it, it does you have to get you have to get a bit skilled before you can get that flow. But when you when you're playing in the full speed and yeah. you, and you, know, you get one of these long ten hit combos and your yeah. pulse is racing like go, 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 go. So yeah, it's good. And that I mean there are 
there are some other nuances to the game, such mm-hmm. as um, you, you can, if you if you judge the distances correctly and stay at the correct distance, you can potentially get someone to attack, step back so the attack misses you, and counterattack and have a guaranteed kill. If you can manage to, a, it's kind of another, it's a more difficult level of reacting. Um, if you can get someone to make that mistake. And and then there's also the, depending on what the attack is, when you block it, it'll knock the opponent into different directions. So you kind of encourage them to do the right types of attack for you, such that they end up wandering off the edge of the arena or, or putting themselves in position where you can kick them off the edge of the arena or, or the table or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's almost, it's a little bit soul caliber like because I like kicking people out of the arena. And that game, that's great. Uh, but I do like cutting people's heads off as well. Yes! <laughs> yes! All their bodies off. I don't or, know. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's called. I have been, sadly, I have been killed by an opponent while they have no legs. That does happen. It's a, it does, actually, yeah, when that first went in, it was, I sort of accidentally had it that the, the attacks were slightly different, and there was a bug where that attack was running at double the speed of any other stuff. So it actually became this sort of weird, useful thing. You'd be like, go on, cut my legs off, go on, cut... Right, okay, now I'm lethal, because you can't possibly perceive the speed of this attack. It's just like, um, oh. And it sort of also had a weird double distance bug in it, where you could be quite far away from it. your sword, would just teleport into their tummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so obviously that's been fixed. Um, yes. But <laughs> sounds exciting. For a while, the, Maybe the DLC legless might have been... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, there is some. I, I want to work on the on the legless mode a bit more because right. um, there's when you've got no legs, it's only it only allows you one attack because um, because of technical reasons of being able to actually physically do an attack on the neck. But um, I've looked at it again. I think it's doable to get to get all all three attacks. Obviously, not kick because you haven't got any legs. Um, no. But yeah, then, then we've got all three attacks in, then I can make it so that you didn't have. No legs versus no legs mode and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, more more fun. There's basically quite a lot of things I wanted to do with this, but I'm I'm going to basically try and implement them. Um, and if I if I end up running out of money first, it'll be all right because the game's out. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So last question. Um, yeah. And again, something we covered already, but not specifically. Is that we've already said that initially, and this night is quite difficult. It really is. It's counterintuitive to what you've been playing all these decades um, uh, for the most part maybe last decade or so where games have yeah. turned into well thanks Nintendo but you know some games that there are exceptions to this we won't mention but they might have something about spirits in them I don't know uh, <laughs> and of lack of light there you go uh, I yeah. didn't say it didn't say it so you can't take a drink put it down um, but <laughs> other than that um uh, it's typically what uh, um, Will and I have been discussing. It's uh, it's a different experience. Uh, this, yeah, this is harder than Dark Souls, though. I think, like, uh, you know, um, yeah. I, uh, sorry, I, I did. Uh, you did, but you're a guest. That's fine. I can't. Think. <laughs> it's me. It's me. I'll say. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I think um, it is really hard, and I didn't really intend it to have to be so hard. And there's there's essentially a slow mode in there, yes. which isn't that hard, but it just doesn't. It's not fun. It's too slow. It's like, oh, this is really awkward. Everything's really slow. So so no one really wants to play that. It's a good trainer. But unfortunately, I think sometimes 
in order for a game to exist, it just, you have to, if you want to play it, you have to engage and break through that initial difficulty learning barrier in order to play it. And yep. I did quite a lot of thinking, you know, during development, like, is there a way to just make this that bit more accessible so that you don't have that really steep initial learning curve? And I just, I just couldn't think of one without making a different game. I mean, some of some of the aspects of the game could have been moved into a slightly different and more accessible game, but um, I think I really wanted to I just wanted to get the actual this particular game core thing out there. Um, what do you think do you do to encourage players to keep going? I think some of it is people knowing that the game is different in the first place and that they can do it. Because with Super Hexagon, for example. You know, you could imagine a lot of people first time they load that and going, what, this is impossible, hate this rubbish. And at the point at which people start doing it is when it becomes a thing and they've, oh, my mate's got to level four of that and he's doing this and, you know, aren't you any, can't you do it? Um, so then you go, all right, we'll have a go, we'll bloody well do this thing, you know, let's, um, let's engage. And I think it's, it's about that motivation to want to beat it. So if something's difficult and you're ambivalent about whether you want to beat it, you'll just kind of go, ah, oh, it's not what I was expecting. I can't be bothered. But if you're, if you're determined to try and, you know, beat the game, then you will push through it because, you know, you can push through anything. I mean, it's not that, it's not that hard that no one can push through it. People did, obviously, but I think really it's just about having that initial motivation. Um, it's it's not a casual game, as it were. Um, I, I, to be honest, if you have any ideas of how to help people push through that, I'd love to know them, and I'll I'll try and do them. So, I mean, there is a subtle that, thing that you do. Sorry, Will, but uh, I don't think yeah. you probably don't know. But uh, instant restart. It's really simple. But oh, dead. I'll try again. Instant uh, restart. Oh, it does yeah. do that. Though, it does do it? that. Yeah, that's what yeah. you do. In your, that's, you probably didn't realise you were doing it, but. It's called the Super Meat Boy model of, oh, I'm dead. I'll try it again. Yeah. Instantly. But a lot of people just don't, though, right? So, right. I mean, there's certainly, with this game, there's certainly, I, there are some people that have played it and just go, I can't do it. I don't get it. And um, this is during development. And obviously, eventually, those people, because I know them, they've sort of gone, oh, I see. I see what it is. But I can see that if they hadn't, if I hadn't known them, they'd have just put it down and just gone, nah, can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's not what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and every single person, even even your more hardcore games, will come at it and just expect it to be a, a Soul Calibur game and just go back. Oh, I see. The more of an experienced gamer you are, I guess, the more quickly you go. Right. Hang on. What do I actually have to do here? Because this is not working. I've got to <laughs> got to try and beat this thing. Yeah. And uh, as someone who you know played Robotron, still to this day, because it's still fun. So uh, and Max Machina, which is a recent sort of reimagining of a, the twin stick shooter, uh, and that's uh, on a PS4, and that's exceptional. And there's Grid Runner, which Jeff he's, he's still doing it, Mr. Minter. He's still at it. He's still, <laughs> he's still at yeah, it. I, saw, I saw there was a, a documentary or something being yeah. being kickstarted on yeah, him. Yeah, so yeah he's um he yeah, released a PS4 no. game uh, on uh, it's also on PSVR, uh, and then there's the Plebius as well, which is basically just and that's. A similar thing. It's like, well, no, you've got to react to what's going on on the screen. I'm not going to tell you. Just figure <laughs> yeah. it out. What's yeah. that giant ox? Collect it. It's an ox. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, mate. But it's definitely of the same mold. 
And that's why I really was impressed by Endless Night and how that's what got me. It's just that this is a pure game. It, it's just a game with a capital G. And you, you told me, the player, well, if he's swinging the sword in this direction, block it. I've told yeah. you how to do it. Please react accordingly. And initially it's just, um, it's so, so, so hard to break the mold of not button mashing. Cause I've been yeah. doing that for you. I've got arcade sticks with Samwar on them, my friend. I'm sure you do too. That's what you do, right? That's what you do. <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, because I liked that. I mean, Smash Brothers, for pity's sake. It's absurd. The game's... Well, got... well Smash Brothers, you can't see what's going on. No. That's, that's a bit of a, an issue with Smash Brothers. I yeah. think that they, they could address that, because with the eight players, that's just... Okay. I mean, God, yeah. I, 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 I call that the, the, the Diablo syndrome. When you're playing Diablo 3, especially, when I was playing co-op, when I was the spellcaster, towards yeah. the latter parts of the game, it's so bad... Kind of, is everything dead? No, no, no I keep shooting. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, just, you just, yeah, you, you just, and you eventually just go completely blind because of all the crazy particles and things. You can't yeah. see anything at all. You can't. It's just like, yeah, it look cool. Functionally, it's broken. Uh, so, well, not, I didn't say that Diablo three fans. It's bad. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Anyway, um, but I just feel that feel that endless night has got that the the feedback loop once you get it and once you actually get into the point where your muscle memory is stuck to the point where the the two or three frames of animation well it's not that it's not animation but the movement of the swing or the thing you know what's mm. gonna you know what's coming and you know how to react to it that is when you figured out it's, it's up there with circle strafing on a controller on goldeneye for the first time for me it's like that that's it it's that oh now i get it now and then, yeah, suddenly, suddenly it's fine. Then it's a game, and you can it, do it. Then you can do it, and you have the skill necessary or the understanding and the ability to do to react to what's going on the, the freaking screen. Yeah, you're right. It's it's very similar to the analog stick controlling the direction that you look thing, yeah. and, and going way back. And obviously, everyone yeah. can do that now. But um, it was certainly, a, yeah. it was a thing that a lot of people just couldn't do. Or, and and when they, you know, when it was. Some people had invert look options and some people didn't. And you, you know, so you'd sort of be used to one, not the other, and you wouldn't be able to you keep looking down instead of up and that kind of thing. But yeah. eventually all that stuff irons out because everyone's done it a hundred times before and they're just like, well, I know what this is. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe this is a mechanic that 10 years from now everyone will be going, oh, it's a, it's a one of those. It's a, it's a yeah. react to the specific type of attack game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the closest similar thing, I suppose, is Nidhogg, and there's, there's a few other games doing the Nidhogg mechanic. But where you, so with Nidhogg, you've got three different heights of attack, and essentially you can you block three different heights. But the thing that makes that very different is they're kind of poses. So you're, you 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 don't really react; you just mirror what the other thing's doing. You see that he's got his sword high, so you go, "Oh, I better have mine high." Oh, he's mid; I better go mid. Um, this is this is sort of all built into the one animation. So it's yeah. It's, well, someone compared it to a rhythm action game to an extent, which I can kind of see. Yeah. Um, minus the dance mat. Minus and yeah, the minus. J-pop. But yeah, yeah, it's it's all it's all there. You got lots of bling. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> yeah. you first sort of linked me to or told me the name and end this night, I went, oh, have you made have you remade Die by the Sword? Surely not. Now probably a game you never heard of but it came out in 98 
I remember it. It was a game very similar in that you had a, it was an action adventure game where you actually, rather than just, you know, pressing the button and you'd swing the sword, you'd have mm. to direct his arm. All <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like surgery simulator, but only with a yeah. knife killing people. It yeah. was, and it was back in 98 and it didn't sell well, can't think why. Mm. But uh, it, uh, it, uh, yeah, it was a thing. It's a thing that existed, and uh, yeah, it controlled really, really badly. But for me, it was like the inkling of what you've made here, uh, but not quite as uh, as elegant. Which is what Endless Night is. Oh well, thank you. I, I, yeah. It's it's almost elegant. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's just so pure. It's a just a it's, game. It's very pure. Yes, it is. It's very, yeah. very pure. Yeah. Um, it does. It does have a story. I don't know whether it's worth touching on talking about that. Um, Do you? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, yeah. So it's it's got a completely ridiculous story, which is I I, I suppose story's a strong word for it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. In in having sort of got this game perfected um before doing the single player mode, um. I kind of thought, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just do the standard Street Fighter type thing and just have it that you, you know, arbitrarily go to different countries and fight different people and kind of just, I don't know. I did the default thing and it just wasn't enough. You know, you can't just go to different places and have another fight and then it's just a different background. So, um, again, discussing this with my design friend, um, we we kind of came up with this melody and we're like, can we do like, can we just do loads of sort of Bardy type songs, um, a bit like Guild of Dungeoneering had, you know, the, the little little bardy bits in Guild of Dungeoneering. That's yeah, kind of where, yeah, yes, yeah. maybe where I was inspired. Um, but then we we found this funny catchy melody and just thought, yeah, let's do it, and just spent absolutely ages writing these, trying to find the exact correct sort of comedy tone for these songs that wasn't so ridiculous that it was um offensive or puerile or whatever um but but just silly enough to be um i don't know to fit the to fit the tone and you got there and i i don't know then recorded all these things there's a mammoth amount of recording to it and my obviously i'm not really set up for doing that kind of thing as a as an indie i don't have a recording studio or whatever um so it was a bit of a nightmare, and I think I ended up with a sort of slightly poor takes for some of the songs, just because it's like, well, look, it worked in that one, you know. Um, my daughter didn't come running in screaming in the middle of it, so <laughs> that's better than it could have been. Um, and okay. um, yeah, and then and then obviously then I had to do, I kind of had these songs, I just had pictures, and thought, well, that's it's too static. We'll have to do animation. So I sort of, I'm definitely not really a 2D artist normally. Um, but I thought, well, I'll just have to kind of learn a little bit how to do illustrated type drawings. And I thought, if I can, if I can come up with a, a uniform, albeit a bit rubbish art style, maybe I can get away with animating it. Kind of like South Park has subpar animation, but I quickly discovered that actually South Park has quite excellent animation, and it's, it's all an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think I got there in the end, and I, I kind of think that I'm quite I'm quite proud of the story, the in quotes story part of it, the songs. But it's very much a separate thing from the game, and hopefully it's not in any way in the way of the game. It's just a nice thing to um, to pass the time in between fights and uh, recover your sanity, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, endless nights uh, is out uh, 
by World Sites Games is out on Windows PC on Steam right now. So do go check it out. It's a like I said, it's a, it's a pure game, everyone. It's a thing that you have to learn to grasp and understand, and then once you do, you just have to get better at it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's it. good, honest, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really fun to do it. Once you do it, it's like, I'm the best swordsman ever. You're not, but <laughs> <laughs> don't get carried away. Um, but, Will, it's been wonderful having you on the show again. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. Been, it's been fun. And you're more than welcome to come back again to chat about yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, next, next game. Maybe it'll be a strategy. Maybe it'll be something completely different. Maybe it will be the card game thing. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, who knows. But until then, thanks very much. Thanks very much. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, Hayden